Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Trey Scott, joined by college basketball's all-time career assist king, Jerry <laughs> Meyer. Jerry, we are running down, running through your best ever at each position, a little off-season series, and today we are at small forwards. You gave me a little sneak peek. It is a loaded list. I'm really excited to get it into it. It is a good it. one. Yeah, before we get started, just ask everyone to uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. We're also available on Stitcher and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you found us via the 24-7 Sports Media Embed on the website, click over that uh, subscribe button and subscribe. And we'll get started. So, Jerry, last week we did shooting guards. I think that list kind of reflects that the shooting guard position eh, is kind of not really as valued as it used to be. But this one, I mean, we're loaded here. So I've got your top five. And uh, before we get started, college basketball, the NBA, kind of becoming more positionless by the year. Three and D is the popular term for a small forward as far as what we're looking for. When I look at your list, I see a lot of, yeah, positionless, maybe some point forwards. What are you looking for, really, when you're, when you're scouting well, small forwards? Uh, you know, maybe versatility. Uh, you see versatility here, sort of the epitome of the positionless player. You know, take a guy like a Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, any of these guys, they can defend multiple positions. They can do multiple things on offense. Um, sort of a glue piece for a team. Um, rebounder, a guy, you know, you always tend to look for offensive rebounding capabilities out of a three-man. But, um, you know, those are some qualities. All right. Let's get started. Number one's a personal favorite. Kevin Durant, mm -hmm. the number two overall player in the class of 2006 behind just Greg Oden, mm -hmm. might go down as one of the ten best basketball players of all time. Mm -hmm. Tell me about KD in high school. Yeah, well. Probably pretty skinny. A tough one for me. I, I do think, you know, because I'm trying to do this list, again, for the disclaimer, of how I viewed these players when I saw them. I'm trying not to do revisionist history. Um. And I was so new to scouting with Durant. I mean, that was probably my what, – what year exactly was it? Was so he that's 06? So that's your yeah. second year. Second, the first was 04. Yeah, so, you know, second or third year, however you want to term it. I, I was so green and fresh. I don't know, but, man, was he good. <laughs> I don't know that I knew how good he was at the time. Um, everyone thought Greg Oden, number one, anyone who says differently now, I'm calling out as a liar. <laughs> there was no one at that time that was arguing, at least publicly, um, that Durant was better. Now, it turns out, yes, sure. it, we should have had Durant, number one. Even, even if Oden doesn't get injured, I still think Durant's going to be the best player, but uh, his shooting ability, you know, what you would expect, but he could... He was an anomaly. I don't think many players at that time at his size had ever shown on the circuit such ball handling plus deep range. Because, I mean, he was letting it rip from like 30 feet. The year I saw, so I used to go to Texas Rick Barnes basketball camp. And mm -hmm. the first, when Durant was an incoming freshman, he was there, and we kind of heard this buzz about this number two recruit. Mm -hmm. Austin's a, it's a football town. We sure. were worried about Vince Young. So Durant comes in, and or I mean, this guy is skinny. This guy is yeah, tiny. See what, but yeah. I remember, this is cool. One of my friends, uh, he Kevin Durant challenged him to a quick game of one-on-one. -on -one. Uh huh. And Kevin Durant stood under the hoop, and my friend shot a three-pointer, and Kevin Durant just jumped up, swatted it away. 
And, go- and goaltended yeah, it. Yeah, goaltended. <laughs> it's called goaltending. So Durant, <laughs> he yeah, gets to the bucket. It's definitely goaltending. Um, Durant, I, I, the, the the two questions I have here. Let's start with the physicality. I mm-hmm. he when he was coming out of Texas into the draft, people were like, "Is he strong enough?" And Rick Barnes had a great quote. You know, there's a lot of guys who can bench press 300 pounds, but plant, can't play dead in a cowboy movie. Or can't play dead. Durant, <laughs> were you ever concerned? about his wiry frame, about his strength, because he's uh, really gotten much stronger than NBA. I mean, it was a concern, but he was just so good. And offensively, he pretty much was able to do what he wanted to do. I guess we're talking about core strength. You know, you don't have to be a weightlifter, but he had balance. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, control, so he could take a bump and still finish a shot. Now, defensively is where you, you know, were more of the questions, but – you know, he just freakish length. The second question. Overcame it. You yeah. know, it overcame it. Yeah, he's a good defender now. The second question is, does the Kevin Durant-Greg Bo- Odin decision ever ever loom in your mind now when you're making decisions between big men and innate skill on the uh, Maybe not specifically, but it's a part of it. You know, the game's changed. The, the traditional just sit on the block, big guy like a Greg Odin just has less value in today's game. I mean – I'm talking about that with my Lyft driver coming over here to do the recording, and he got in. He, you know, he's kind of that mindset, oh, basketball used to be better, and now we got these big guys uh, out shooting threes and, I, and, like, doing the take like they're soft or whatever, kind of like a Larry Johnson take. <laughs> and I said, dude, three is 50% more than two. You know, why do you want to go – through the whole deal of feeding the post, the the risks you take in turnovers, getting the ball to the post. Guys are harder to score over now. The way they guard the post now is they just play behind. And, you know, they're not trying to front. They're not giving you angles. Yeah. Where back in the day, you know, it was like, don't let them catch it. So then a guy would seal you. Then he's got an easy put in. Well, no one plays defense like that anymore. They're, they're like, throw it to him. Yeah. And he's got to score over me. Why not just go to the three-point line? And get three. It's fifty percent more. But anyway, I digress. Well, back to small four. The next guy on our <laughs> list isn't quite a three-point threat. <laughs> no, he's not. Good segue. Vince, yeah, thank you. <laughs> he just dribbles into the yeah. post. <laughs> ben Simmons, like Mark Jackson used to do back in the day. Yeah, he's. You can lay off him a little bit, but he's he's skilled. So Ben Simmons is number two. Yeah, uh, number one player in the twenty-four-seven Sports composite in the class of twenty fifteen, which is already a long time ago, mm-hmm. and. At the NBA level, he's been classified as a point guard, but I don't know if anyone really believes that. Well, he plays point. Yeah. You know, again, what's the position? Yeah. I mean, he's playing point guard for him. It's a different type of point guard. Like, he'll, he'll literally, like, sort of back his way in there and, like, dribble himself into a post-up. Where the guys Mark are. Jackson used to do that back in the day so effectively. Here's what I can give you on Ben Simmons. When he was in high school, great player, you know, ranked number one, I believe, but no one was thinking point guard. <laughs> like, you know, because he just didn't do that. You know, he was more, if anything, more on the low block most of the time. He knew he was skilled. He knew he could get a rebound and take it down on the break, you know, like a lot of forwards can do today. But, yeah, the whole – if you just said at the time he's going to play – He's going to be the starting point guard for the 76ers. You, you would have been like, what? You know, like, how did you even come up with that idea? To have him number two on the list, despite his lack of an outside shot, Jerry, talk to me about the overpowering 
gifts he had elsewhere, the passing, the floor. Uh, just, yeah, just the electric athleticism for a guy that size. Um, and just elite skill in everything but an outside shot. And, but you didn't, at that time in high school, he wasn't viewed as such a liability shooting from the outside. I think a lot of this is psychological and has been magnified and that Ben can't shoot, he can't yeah. shoot, he can't shoot. People weren't talking like that yeah. at the time in high school. It, it, there hadn't been that exposure, you know. Number three, Michael Porter. Yeah. Sort of become an injury-prone player, but, yeah, he was the number two player back in the uh, class of 2017. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had number one overall potential. Yeah, and I mean, if I did <laughs> – I look at this list and wonder if I should have Porter number one. Because at that time, I mean, I specifically think of the Peach Jam um, going into his senior season, his last year at the Peach Jam. Uh, he was phenomenal. Him and Trey Young were going at it uh, that year down there. And uh, I mean, he was averaging like 30 some points, double digit rebounds. He was, he was just amazing. He, he was a great, great player protecting the rim defensively. Um, the injuries, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what else you say. <laughs> they have really taken a toll on this guy. I mean, people don't even know. No. I mean, they, you know, people haven't even seen it. I've seen what most people have not because most he, people weren't watching him in high school. Uh, he, he was an amazing player. Yeah, the Nuggets took him 14th overall. Uh, he had a red shirt year last yeah, year. Yeah, and if he could have come out of high school, oh, he would have been easy top five pick. Wow. I mean, he, he was a phenomenal player. All right, Zaire Williams. Uh, yeah, this guy, here. I mean, he's a new 2020 na- kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, Duke wants him. North Carolina wants him. Stanford's in there strong. He's a West Coast kid. He's going to play high school with Bronny and uh, really? Dwayne Wade's kid. Yeah, at Sierra Canyon. So wow. they're, they're going to have a powerhouse. Yeah, I think he's an amazing player. He just fits that mold. And, and what I like is every time I see him, he gets better and better. I used to really – a year ago I questioned his toughness. You know, but he's young, and you see guys get – they physically develop, they get tougher. And that has happened with him, but he's just like – he's like a Michael Porter was, like a do-everything player. Or, or Durant, you know, can shoot it, can dribble it. Durant shooting was kind of freaky. I mean, that guy literally in high school was shooting out to 30 feet. Yeah. Now, Zaire's not doing that, but – you know, he's just got the uh, complete package, and I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. The uh, the twenty four seven Sports scouting report has Cam Reddish. Do we like that? Do we? Do we um, I mean, that's not horrible. You know, he does more than Cam does. At more of a complete game. It's not, it's not a you know comparisons are tough. Yeah. I mean, I I have to do those. I mean, that's I tell Kevin, my manager, dude, that's what takes so much time. <laughs> Yeah. It's not writing the scouting report. It's like looking through lists trying to find a good comparison because there's no perfect comparison. I, I, but but with Cam, he's like a Cam, but I think Zaire has more – just has more to his game. The comparisons are so important to the people like me who are like, wow. Well, yeah, I, I love comparisons myself. Williams unless you're hey, all thinking and learning yeah. connections, right, comparisons and analogies. It is funny the uh, recency bias that – starts to kind of hang over the comparisons. We start comparing guys from two years ago, and then we all forget about the guys from four years ago yep. who we were comparing those guys to. 
Five, Kyle Anderson, slow-mo. Number one slow mo in 2012, yeah. another kind of positionless dude. Yeah, and, you know, he's having a good career. I might have thought it would have been a little better. Part of him at five is I just loved him. <laughs> I loved his game. It, I, you know, I'm a sucker for those cerebral guys who can really pass the ball. You know, kind of like a Lonzo Ball. He was, Lonzo Ball and him have some similarities. But um, Kyle... You know, played a lot of point guard in AU, but just a tremendous player could control a game. It's like the pre Ben Simmons. And, and now, now that he's bulked up and he's found us, he's like a Boris Diaw, mm-hmm. is what I think. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's what the type of player I think he is. And getting that strength and maturity was huge for him to be able to, because he's not going to go by anyone. His name's Slow Mo. <laughs> so you better have some strength. I think people forget how good Harrison Barnes was. Over, yeah, he was over tremendous. Ames High School, number one yeah. player in the composite mm-hmm. in 2010. Mm-hmm. Goes to North Carolina. Lottery pick. Was on the Warriors when they were first kind of starting to blow up. Has bounced mm-hmm. around a little bit now. What was special about Harrison Barnes? Oh, he had a presence out there, and he was just really good. Um, one of my concerns with him, I, th- I thought it took a lot of – I thought he dribbled a lot. Like, it took a little too many dribbles for him to get what he wanted. And I think that – kind of, you know, showed up in his career that um, a little, a little like, methodical, deliberate. Uh, I mean, his game, yeah, because he needed a lot of time with the ball, I thought, yeah. compared to some other players. Um, you know, where one guy might, one, two dribbles, boom, you get where you want. Harrison would need to change a direction. And, um but, yeah, very, extremely good player, complete game. He rebounded, played defense, competed, and then, you know, of course he can score. He scores in the NBA. High school teammates with Doug McDermott. Isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> I never saw them play uh, high school together, but, yeah, that's, that would kind of be fun to coach if you're a high school coach. Yeah. Julian Wright, former you know, Kansas Jayhawk. A throwback number. to way yeah, back. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, number eight player in Rivals 05, yeah. number one small forward. He never did anything in the NBA, yeah. but in college he was a force, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he was a skywalker. He could yeah. dunk. I remember him like running the break mm-hmm. in college because he, he's that guy. He could run the break or he could finish on the break. Even in high school, people would even mention Magic Johnson, you know, in regards to him, just because he had that length. And could really, he was really dynamic with the basketball on the break. Uh, Julian Wright, the lesson there was it's very important to be able to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and he could not shoot at all. And it didn't it never developed. I mean, not even to really 15 feet. But man, was he fun to watch in AU. He was electric. Um and at the time in doing my scouting equations, I didn't have shooting valued enough with this guy. But he could literally be kind of mesmerizing with the combination of his athleticism and his ability to handle the ball. And it was kind of funky. It's kind of like Corey Brewer. Like, yeah. We, my friends, we call Corey the drunken dribbler. You know, like, you kind of like don't even know where he's going to go with the dribble. It's, it's so unorthodox. Julian kind of had that funk to his game and then could pass the ball. I mean, he had great vision. But he was fun to scout. Well, the next guy wasn't a great shooter either, but he has no, carved yeah, out a, he uh, he's carved out a role in the NBA, yeah. maybe not number two overall role, but Michael Kidd Gilchrist, an incredible defensive player. Yeah, just so fun to scout. 
loved his competitiveness, his strength, and his game. <clears throat> better, better passer and handler than he often got credit for. And then he started to get more credit for that because the shooting was such a weakness. Always thought the shooting would get a little better than it did, but that didn't really happen. But um, I just felt like he needed to be on this list. Uh, you know, that's where he deserved to be. Yeah, he was the number three player in 2011, obviously part of the national title yeah. team with Anthony Davis. In Kentucky. Yeah, so at the time, you're just, you know, he, he had people's attention. And then he was great at Kentucky. Yeah. Just, you know, his weaknesses in his game got exposed it's, in the NBA. And that kind of a theme we're seeing here on some of these guys is, you know, wow, you really need to be able to have the three-point shot. Maybe in defense of MKG. I, yes, we would like to see him work on his shot and improve that, but he's on the Hornets. Like, the, like there's not many successful players on that franchise. Well, Kimba Walker, but yeah, he's but not there anymore. No, he's not. Um, but let's rip through some you. other guys. You were telling me about this one, Paul Harris, before we started. You call him a personal favorite, sort of a, yeah. a New, York, well, New York legend. Went to Syracuse, undrafted. Yeah, upstate New York legend, Niagara Falls. He was ferocious, toughest player ever scouted. The old heads, the old AU heads know what I'm talking about with Paul Harris. He was one of a kind. And, again, he couldn't shoot. <laughs> so he, we're learning, man. This is helping. Hopefully this exercise of doing this podcast Put might, it, might improve shooting. my scouting. <laughs> uh, Kyle Singler was part of a – a 2007 class that included the likes of Michael mm. Beasley, Eric Gordon, Derrick Rose, O.J. Mayo, yeah, Kevin That was Love. a class. That was a class. That might be the best class That's ever. A, and James Harden, too. Well, you can keep going. I yeah, mean, it's, it's a, player after player. You even get down, like, in the 30. Nicolathis. I think uh, Blake Griffin's down there. Chandler Parsons, yeah, there's Blake There's Griffin Blake at, at 23. 23. Rivals. Johnny Flynn, too. He was a top 10 pick. Yeah. I remember this class. Mm -hmm. There was, like, a Slam magazine. Like, this class was sort of – I mean, probably because of Derrick Rose and Michael Beasley, but this class, like, blew up. Like, these yeah. guys were big-time household And I think names. it's when this business was blowing up, too. Like, it was really catching people's attention. Yeah. You know, rivals at the time, scout rivals. ESPN was doing some stuff, I think. So, Kyle Singler. Uh, you know, I, I just – man, I just liked scouting him. He was tough, and he, he wasn't, like, huge physical. I mean, everyone pretty much knows what Kyle looked like, and he's gotten bigger now, but, man, he played with toughness. And just, I really just respected his all-around game. Uh, were you making any trips out to Oregon that cycle? Because we had Kyle Singler and Kevin Love out there. Well, they were coming around here. They actually played in Nashville. Oh, wow. uh, Na Nashville hosted. At the time, it was before the EYBL with Nike. It was a Nike Memorial Day classic. Um, but, yeah, I saw those guys play a lot. I love that. And class. I got – I'll segue it to Solomon Hill. Okay. yeah. I just had to put him down because, one, I am blown away he makes $12 million a year. And, like, he averages, like, five, I mean, because – and here's why it blew my mind a little. I love Solomon Hill. I might have been the only ranking service to have him five-star. But then I see what he's making now and what he's doing, and I'm like, you know, I liked him. I guess I was a little ahead of the curve, but I don't even know where the curve is now. <laughs> he, and a guy's making $12 million. But he was a first-round pick. Yeah. I, no there, there's nothing really is. special I, there other than just, you know, we're doing t stuff that just kind of strikes me back when I scouted. And this one just struck me that, you know, he wasn't really well known, didn't play for a huge high profile team. I really liked him. Mark Reeves, who I scouted with, we both really liked him. 
ranked him five star, but then I'm like, now, nah, wow, um, man, he's making a good living. <laughs> All right, so this Jalen Johnson guy, we've got two well, Jalen Johnsons. Yeah. For small I'm assuming Duke. This is yes, this he's going to be at Duke. I like this guy. I, I worry about the outside shot while the trend continues. Yeah, well, there you but go. you talk about an athlete who can handle the ball and pass and do all that stuff. So um, I think he's going to be fun to watch at Duke. Yeah, Paul George is the best I could come up with. I don't love that comparison. You know, think Paul <laughs> Paul George minus a jump shot. Yeah. I guess it's kind of what we're. I mean, it's not like you can't shoot at all, but you know. He, he did not shoot a really high percentage from three in the travel ball. Khalil Whitney, expectations are yeah, high for some, him this following. Some Kentucky. more contemporary guys, just sort of for the college fans. Kentucky fans, I think you're going to be very pleased with Khalil. Um, dynamic body. Has the type of body that could, I think, play in the NBA right now and not get embarrassed in the physicality department. And has a hard edge to his game. Um Kind of a Gilchrist edge. Yeah. I'm not saying he's like a Gilchrist. I mean, there's differences in their game. He's more of a score shooter, but type of guy you kind of want on your team. And you're also throwing Scotty Lewis. Scotty Lewis, Florida, in this in this list of a kind of a freaky athlete, and uh, you know you feel just an, an electricity coming off him. That type of athleticism can really, really defend, but his offense really got better uh, down the stretch of his high school career. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what he does at Florida. All right, so we're going to wrap up, but let's talk real quick. Your first year in the industry yeah, as a you know official scout of mm-hmm. you know, rivals was 2004. And these guys were in that class. Josh Smith, Rudy Gay, J.R. Smith, Corey yeah. Brewer. So that's – Listed that's as f- the top four, small fours. That's a fun introduction to – yeah, I mean, right, because Josh Smith should probably I – mean, well, based on the criteria, he's not on the list because I – man, I just started like the beginning of July. So I saw like a month of these guys. I didn't know. I, I was just transitioning from coaching and being an instructional guy to learning to scout, you know, to see it this way. But I thought that's four really good ones. Mm-hmm. And J.R. Smith just – came out of nowhere like he was ranked you know probably 50-ish in the country and then has this literal senior high school year and then they had the all-star game at the time during the final four weekend they would do the the hoop summit and dude made like (laughs) he went out there he hit like five or four threes from I mean barely across half court right there not going to college, Fearless. first round draft pick, because all the pro scouts were there. And so it was he's headed it, to North Carolina. If yeah, it was freaky what he did. It's one of those special moments in my scouting career that I just vividly remember, because I'm sitting on the front row with a bunch of NBA scouts, and they don't really know who J.R. Smith is because he wasn't highly touted coming into that game. And then after the deep, deep range shooting display he put on. I mean, there was a bu- literal buzz. You could hear the scouts, Jerry Smith, Jerry, you know, like looking him up, trying to figure stuff out. And you knew right then, he, there's no way he's going to college. Yeah, of those four guys, two went to school, Rudy Gay and Corey Brewer. The mm-hmm. other two went straight to the NBA. 
Was that an interesting part of, of covering, covering the Yeah, because that was the year. I think that was the last year you could do it because that was Dwight Howard, right? That was. And um, Sebastian Telfair was in that class. I think it's either eight or nine guys skipped college. Al Jefferson, um, I think, Livingston. as well. Yeah, so that was – 04 is a great class, too. What was the other one, 08? That 07. we looked at 07. Yeah, 04, 07, uh, those – those classes will always be tough to beat. All right, Jerry. Well, that'll uh, that'll do it. I'm glad to see Kevin Durant number one. And, yeah, uh, I did it for you, buddy. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, next time up on the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show, we're going to talk the best power forwards Jerry's ever seen, which is going to be really, really interesting. Maybe we'll just do best bigs. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. We'll yeah. see what the breakdown is. As the sport is. gets more positionless, this, these lists we'll get see. kind of yeah. more antiquated. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time.